Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and we're coming at you with a bonus episode with our review of The Father. Plus, we sit down with the director of the film, Florian Zeller. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And my goodness, if there is a film that we mm. have been looking forward to discussing and reviewing, it has to be this one, The Fatherly. We saw it late last year, didn't we, in 2020? Um, and then, of course, some things happened. The movie was delayed. They've wanted to release it closer to Oscar time. It's it's going to take some Oscars for sure. Oh, 100%. It's nominated for quite a few, very deservedly so. The father follows Anthony, a cheeky 80-year-old who lives alone in his London apartment and refuses any help from each of the nurses that his daughter, Anne, tries to impose on him. But as his sense of reality slips away, both father and daughter are forced to contend with an uncertain future. Now the film stars Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman, Imogen Poots and Rufus Sewell. What a cast this movie has. An incredible cast from Anthony all the way down to the supporting players. Mm. Exceptional casting and delivery of of this story. Wow. And it's written and directed by Florian Zeller based on his own play, which debuted about 10 years ago now. Mm, mm. And later when we throw to your interview with Florian, Mm. he kind of talks about that journey uh, through adapting it from play to cinema and his journey and why he was why he chose to do it uh, and the power of the medium of film mm. uh, in telling his story in this new way and it's really really fascinating frankly i can't imagine it as anything but a film it seems mm. perfect for the medium of film do you know what like it's so strange we saw this film so long ago mm. we've just started talking about it and i have chills going down yep. my body it's definitely a movie that stays with you It really does. Like, I remember thinking about this film constantly for days and days and days Mm. and then having to now revisit it 
all those months later, I was so excited to take myself there and kind of mm. delve into the story it was trying to tell and the incredible way that it told it. And here we go. Let's let's get into it. Well, it's a very simple character-driven piece, isn't it, with mm. these stars really, really driving the narrative. Mm. And as an audience, it keeps you really unsettled, doesn't it? Because it puts you in that position of understanding and experiencing what Dimensioner is like. Yeah. I mean, films often try and give you some sort of like taste of what an experience mm. might be. But you're always an outsider looking in. Yes. But don't you feel incredibly like you, you're there. You're in it. You are absolutely in it. And you said that it was um, really unsettling. Completely mm. agree. You know, this film is utterly devastating. I think that's mm. that's a word that comes to mind. It's gripping, but it's also really tender and mm. soft and, and violent at times, you know, verbally yep. and physically. So there's a there's a lot going on here and it's such a beautiful mix of things so stunningly captured by all involved. And for such a depressing topic, it isn't. It's quite joyful in its mm. delivery, isn't it? Yeah, it is because there's so much innocence. Like yeah. dementia is a terrible disease. Yeah. And, you know, you go through the ups and downs of what Anthony Hopkins' mm. character is is going through and at times it's incredibly confronting but really, really sad. But then also, like, it's really joyful. Like, mm. it, it, there's some really beautiful moments here. And you settle into that and then it just pulls the rug out from under you again. Right, yeah. And really out of nowhere. Mm. Like, it's quite displacing, Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. You're trying to figure out what's going on along mm. with Anthony. and That comes down to the structure of the narrative, doesn't it? It effectively conveys how disconcerting and insidious dementia can be. Yes. It's not a linear narrative. So time is broken up and deliberately confusing. It is deliberately confusing. I remember feeling very uncomfortable watching this movie. And don't get us wrong, like mm. this is a brilliant film. It's meant to make you feel these ways. Yeah. yeah like that, that, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it is really uncomfortable and you feel as confused as Anthony does on the screen. And it's so hard to explain, but yeah. it's, it's not in a horrible way. No. Like I quite enjoyed not knowing what was going on, mm. keeping me guessing yeah, I mean, it sounds quite macabre to say that, but it's it's true. It is true. It yeah, is true. Yeah. It's just sending this audience through this maze with Anthony mm. and what a guide to have Anthony Hopkins. Again, far out. These chills will not go away. <laughs> I'm kind of getting a bit emotional. Do we want to talk about his performance? Yes, please. Yeah. So he delivers one of his best performances of his career. You think it's his best, I right? mean, yeah, he's been nominated for an Oscar. Yep. I'm not sure he'll win just with the, oh, how tough that category is this year. You've it got Riz tough. Ahmed and, um, oh, God, I can't think of the others off the top of my head, but amazing, amazing nominees in there. But Anthony Hopkins in this film is a masterclass in acting. There's no doubt about it. He's at once playful and vulnerable. You feel mm. the joy and then the uncertainty and fear. And then he's like biting and sharp and sparring with those around him. And yeah. you'll hear in the interview with Florian that he asked Anthony just to be really vulnerable, not, yes. to, not to do what he's done before, do something completely different. And yeah. he has delivered. And Florian talks about his relationship with Anthony and how much respect he has, but then also... Mm. How much respect Anthony had for Florian. It's, how great was that? I think it, it, you got a real sense of how beautiful, personal and professional their relationship was. So, um, yeah, can't wait for you guys to hear about that in a moment. But I felt that Anthony Hopkins, he he played into the chaos. He played mm. into the terror of the unknown. 
and so perfectly demonstrated the highs and the lows yep. of dementia. Yeah. Wow. Masterclass of acting, like you said. His performance is as immersive as the narrative is, I think. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. And then you get playing opposite him, Olivia mm. Coleman, who is just her usual, wonderful, amazing, fantastic self. I can't fault her at all. You could never fault her. And the two together is perfection. Yes, they are a great pair on the screen. Mm. She has so much to offer as an actress and I couldn't fault her either. And she's nominated for an Academy Award as supporting actress. Yep. So, yeah, fingers crossed she takes her second mm trophy home and the supporting cast as we mentioned before they strike just the right balance don't they yeah yeah because it is anthony's film but what this film so beautifully orchestrates is Mm. that dementia doesn't just affect the person because often they don't know what's going on yeah and so it's so important that the family surrounding them have a voice and you understand the experience they're going through and the challenges that they're experiencing and that kind of like breakdown in communication where things aren't comprehended between Mm. the two. And it's again, it's just utterly devastating, but so beautifully portrayed, I think. Absolutely. Let's talk about the set and the sort of prop design. Mm. Bringing a a story from the stage to the screen, you Mm. would think that you have more freedom and that you can go anywhere and do anything. But what Florian has chosen to do is keep it confined to this apartment mostly. And what a character that apartment is. Mm. Just stunning. And – If I may, the confusion and the subtle and at times overt transitions um, in character, but definitely in the environment and mood were just orchestrated so perfectly through Mm. the changes to the set and the props and everything. Mm. And the camera and the set design were a constant pull for me, I think, and a place of focus and at times intrigue and mystery because as we've alluded to, you, were, you didn't know really what was going on, what was happening, mm. and that was really fascinating. And Florian talks a little bit about that as well, that mm. there's, there's always small changes happening in the background and it's unsettling because you know something's different yes. but you can't quite put your finger on it and it might be subtle like a piece of missing furniture or something has moved or something's changed colour. You might not quite get what that is and that's, mm. again, another tool to yes. bring you into dementia. Like to literally put you in the shoes of Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Yeah to make you feel what he's feeling and experiencing. Can I talk about the watch? Because this is a big thing in the movie that Anthony is trying to find his watch and he thinks someone's stolen it. Mm. I love that that was a metaphor for losing time in the film and also a nod to the fixation that someone can have on an object when they're losing control of their reality or their life. And it's such a simple motive for for Florian to have chosen Mm. it be a watch because – we all know what, what watches do and yeah. that they hold sentimental value and that they help you <laughs> like tell time. Make they sense of make time. Make sense of time, exactly. Mm. And having that as an ongoing thing that the character mm. uh, keeps talking about is uh, is just so smart, so clever. Yeah. Beautiful storytelling. Now, as we said, I recently sat down with director Florian Zeller to talk about his beautiful movie and the great story behind how Anthony Hopkins became involved. It's Amazing story. Yeah. Let's take a listen. Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How oh, do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> I must say, he's charming. Yeah. Not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. 
firstly, hello, and thank you for your time today, Florian. Is it Florian? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Perfect. Congratulations on the Oscar nominations for The Father. That's incredible. How did you celebrate when you heard the news? It was a pure joy, I have to say. And, you know, and I was really, and I am really grateful. It's like a wonderful present, you know, especially this year. It's not the best year to have your your film released. And, and in the meantime, to to receive such uh, encouragement, uh, it's, it means a lot. It must have been frustrating because I actually had the pleasure of seeing The Father um, late last year when it was supposed to be released. And then obviously everything sort of got pushed and things were still moving around. Was that quite frustrating to have to wait a little bit longer? Yes, of course, it is frustrating, but uh, I have no right to complain, you know, because uh, we are all uh, going through challenging times. So we have to, you know, to focus on what is good, what is possible and what is joyful and to try not to give too much attention to what is painful, difficult and frustrating. I love that positive attitude. How did the story for The Father first come about? I mean, it was about 10 years ago now that the, the play debuted? Yes, uh, before being a film, The Father was a play and I wrote it uh, 10 years ago, you're right. And I guess at the beginning, of, I was trying to go through a personal story. It's about a man losing his bearings and I knew a bit about this painful process because I have been raised by my grandmother. She was like my mother and she was a very important uh, person to me. And she started to suffer from dementia when I was 15. So I knew a bit what it was to, to find yourself in a position where you are important. You know, you love someone and you understand that love is not enough in a way. But I also knew that everyone, unfortunately, everyone is related to this issue meaning that everyone has a grandmother or everyone has a father and everyone has or will have to deal with this dilemma, which is, you know, what do you do with the people you love when they are starting to, to lose their bearing? So it was not about trying to tell my story. It was about sharing emotions. And this is what matters to me. And this is what happened in a way on stage, because I was not certain that the audience would be open to such an emotional journey. And, and I was really surprised and, and profoundly moved to, to discover the response of the audience. It was really powerful. And people were waiting for us after every performance, not to say congratulations, but to just to tell their own story and to share their own story. And I realized that there was something cathartic about it, you know, just to, to remember that we are all on the same, in the same boat, you know, and we are not just individuals, but we are part of something larger than ourselves. And there is a consolation, I think and a beautiful one, and a real one, to experience this, um, this fraternity. And I think that art is done for that. I agree. I completely agree. I love the storytelling technique. Without giving anything away, I just love how it keeps the audience on uneven ground and really immerses them in what it's like or what Anthony is going through. What kind of adjustments had to be made from the stage to get it into film? Yeah, because it's true that what I didn't want to do is just to film a play. It's not very exciting. And I wanted to make a film and to do something cinematic and to do only what the cinema can do and what only the cinema can do. But I really wanted to keep the narrative of the play or what was original about it, which is, as you said, to put the audience in a unique position uh, as if they were going through a labyrinth as if in a way they were in the main character's head. Because I, I didn't want to tell the story from the outside. You know, there are many films about dementia and they are always a bit the same. They could be very meaningful or, or emotional, but it's always, you know, you know where you are. 
and you know where you are going here. I wanted the father to be not only a story, but to be an experience, the experience of what it could mean to lose everything, including your own bearings as a viewer. So I wanted the audience anyway to experience a slice of dementia. And it was a way for me to play with that feeling of disorientation and really to be in, in the shoes of Anthony Hopkins. Mm. So this is something that I kept from the play, but I wanted to find a visual way to turn this experience into a, an even more immersive and even more subjective experience. And thanks to the cinema, thanks to its language, it was, uh, it was very exciting for me to, to find this visual way to do what could be done only on screen and not on stage. Well, it's incredibly effective. Did you have to do a lot of complicated storyboarding to keep track of all the complex and simple changes that were happening in the set? Actually, when I start writing the, the screenplay, I remember I draw the layout of the apartment from the very beginning as if it was one of the main characters. And it matters to me. And it was very uh, exciting and joyful for me to find a way to use that set as if it was part of the narrative. You know, it was not about providing a background. It was trying to tell the story through the set. So I made the decision to, to shoot the whole film in the studio so that as a filmmaker in a studio, you can do whatever you want. You know, you can remove a wall, you can change the proportions, the colors, the pieces of furniture very easily. And I wanted to use that to tell that story. Meaning that at the beginning of the story, we are in Anthony's apartment. There is no doubt about it. You recognize his space, his knickknacks, his pieces of furniture. And step by step throughout the film, always in the background, there are some small changes or small metamorphoses on set. Sometimes some pieces of furniture are disappearing or the colors are not the same or the proportions are not exactly the same. So that you recognize the space, you know, where you are and you recognize the way to travel into it. But at the same time, Something had happened. You're not quite sure what happened exactly, but something had happened. And you are not quite sure of where you are anymore, where you're not anymore. This set is about to become like a labyrinth and you have to question everything. And you, you are doubting about the reality of what you see, what you do not see. And it, it was a way for me to, again, to make people experience what it could mean when you are not certain of what is real and what is not real. I love the use of the watch to as like a metaphor for him losing time. Every time he lost the watch, it was like he lost some more time. Was that an intentional thing or just a happy accident? <laughs> no, no, of course it was intentional. It's true that I remember, for example, because I was talking about my grandmother, she, she kept thinking about her car because she was too old to, to drive, you know. So we had to, to take her car away and it became like an obsession and, and there are always these kind of obsessions. And I thought that for Anthony, the character, it would have been meaningful if his obsession would be on his watch. You know, he's looking all the time for his watch. He's, he believes that someone has taken it away from him. And of course, because it's, uh, the time is broken in that film. I mean, it's not a linear film. And the space and the time are so complex and chaotic. So it was a way... Uh, to to play with that uh, journey. Was it always the plan to turn it into a film and for you to direct? No, it was really a play. And it's just because, as I said, I, I was moved by the, the cathartic dimension of the response from the audience, that I realised that something could be done and something that could be even more immersive and so even more powerful, in my opinion, and this is when I made the decision to make that film. But, but it was not the original plan. 
And then you get these powerhouse actors like Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman who are magic on screen together. Did you ever have days where you just sat back and thought, how did this happen? Yes, I'm every day I'm grateful because it's not, you know, you, you need so many miracles for a film to be made. And you have to be aware of that. But what happened is that when I started dreaming about that film, because everything starts with a dream, the one and only face that came to my mind was Anthony's, uh, Anthony Hopkins' face. And the, the fact is that I'm French, as you can hear. And, and so it was not an obvious decision to do that film in, in English, mm-hmm. but I really, I had this powerful conviction that it has to be done with him. So that's the reason why I, I tried to start uh, working in English. Mm-hmm. And... And I knew, I mean, I was aware that it was not an easy dream to fulfill um, because I'm not crazy. But, and, <laughs> and, and when I was sharing that idea with my friends, I, I remember they were kindly laughing at me a bit, you know. But I thought to myself, you know, un- until someone comes and proves you that it is not possible, it means that potentially it is. And most of the times we are the ones who close the door of what is possible and what is not possible. And this time I really wanted not to close that door and to follow my desire, my intuition, my, my, my conviction in a way, mm-hmm. and to try to make it happen. So I just wrote the script and I sent it to his agent and I waited. And one day I received a call. I didn't know the phone number and it was his agent. Let me know that uh, Anthony wanted to meet me with me. So I took a plane to Los Angeles to have breakfast with him. And this is how it started. I was going to ask you that. You took a plane all the way to LA just to have breakfast with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it was the most expensive breakfast ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, because of the plane. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a conversation for two hours. It, it, it asked me so many questions about what was my vision. Mm. And I was really impressed because he's Sir Anthony Hopkins. But I have to say that after two minutes, I knew that it would be almost easy to work with him because not only he's very intelligent but I knew that but he's also very humble meaning that as an actor to be humble means he's not here to serve himself he was here to serve the story the emotions and the vision of the director and and throughout the whole process he really gave me the opportunity to do exactly the film I had in mind and he's really generous he was very generous to me and and so at the end of that meeting, um, it just took me in his arm, you know, and he said, okay, let's do, let's make that film. So this is how it started, like a very joyful yeah. process. And throughout the whole film, it was very intense and very joyful as well. Very intense, how? You know, it, it, it was not about, I, mean, I didn't come to him to ask him to do what he's known for. Mm. Uh, it was to try to do something else and to explore a new emotional territory and to go to that very fragile and vulnerable place. And it was a challenge, especially because it was not about creating a character, uh, trying to, to fake an old man with a disease. What I asked him to be is just, just to be in front of the camera and no acting required in a way. And in order to, to be overwhelmed by his own emotions, his own fears, and in a way, his own feeling of mortality. So it was a challenging process. It was a demanding process. And I think that he was very brave to do so because he went to that place. He accepted to explore that for us, you know, just to make us feel experience what it could mean to lose everything. And uh, 
I mean, I'm really grateful to him because he did such an amazing and beautiful and powerful work. Mm. I think he was really brave. He's phenomenal. And Olivia as well, the whole cast is amazing in this. And it's such a simple cast too. But just before I wrap up, I want to ask you about the music because the, the music is really quite dramatic and beautiful and you know, crescendoing through all the emotions that Anthony's going through. What was the planning behind um, the soundtrack or the score? Two things. I would say that I had the, the, the opportunity to work with Ludovico Enodi, this magnificent Italian composer. And I was talking with him and I said, you know, to me, it's like a labyrinth and I'm looking for the golden thread. And this image turned into a sound. It's like this simple violin. Mm. Uh, it was something as if it was almost nothing, you know, the pure simplicity. The simplicity is always the most difficult thing to achieve. And uh, this brilliant composer, Enodi, achieved that. But also, I, was, I talked so many times uh, with Anthony about everything before we started the, the shooting. And we discovered that we were both in love with the same uh, area taken from the Bizet Opera, the Pearl Fisher. And he told me that story that 50 years ago, he discovered that music, he was touring a play somewhere in the UK and suddenly discovered that pieces of music and he ran back to his hotel because he knew that there was there were a piano there. And he went to the piano just to find the melody before it disappeared in his mind. And everyone became crazy, he said, in the hotel because he did it for three days with no interruption because he's like very obsessional. Mm-hmm. And he said, then I told to myself, he said, I would love and I would dream to make one day a film with that music in it. So this music come three times in, in the film. So I fulfilled his dream three times because he fulfilled mine, which was to make that film with him. That is amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Florian. I love the passion. I loved this film. I think it's my pick for best picture at the Oscars. I think I'll be very surprised if you don't walk away with that one. So I hope you celebrate on the night. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. Lee, goodness, another really awesome interview. Thank you. Thank you. I just loved chatting with Florian. You know, he's intelligent a passionate, creative, and full of so much positivity and love mm. for what he does. It's infectious. I was in such a good mood after our chat and just a little bit of a crush. Oh, a little bit of a crush. Yeah. Move over, Dwayne Johnson. Florian's <laughs> in town. <laughs> yeah, a really great insight into how a creative operates mm. uh, and their process to realise a project and really special for Florian because it's his story that's been around for 10 years in the medium of a play like we've discussed and he mentioned and then him bringing it to the medium of film is just a fascinating process and so grateful that he brought us into that. Shall we wrap up The Father, Tim? Yes, let's wrap up The Father. So The Father is one of the most simple yet effective dramas I have ever seen. I imagine the stage play is fantastic to watch but it just feels like this was made for film. Mm. And there is so much to be taken from this movie. It's clever, it's psychologically unsettling and profound in its delivery from first-time director Florian Zeller, which is amazing. And his joy for life and passion for this project just flows through in every detail. And that's not even mentioning the incredible performances from Mm. 
every one of the outstanding cast members. The father will affect you and stay with you long after the credits roll it has for me. And it's my pick for taking home the best picture Oscar this year. So watch this space. Wow, you heard it here first. I'm giving the father five popcorn kernels. Flawless for me. Wow, another five. Mm. That is so exciting. Beautiful wrap-up and just a stunning film. For me, The the Father is an unsettling and confusing film due to its dementia subject matter. The creative choices made literally put you in the shoes of Anthony Hopkins' character. You feel his disorientation, his confusion, frustration and helplessness in every frame. Mm. This was a beautifully curated piece of cinema and for the very first time on Popcorn <gasps> Podcast, I am rating The Father Five popcorn kernels as well. It's taken me two years. Again, I couldn't fault this perfection, as you said. Stunning. Well, this has been another bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast where we sat down with the director of The Father, Florian Zeller, to talk about this amazing movie and review it. And The Father is in cinemas from April 1st, so please go and see it. Do yourselves a favour. It is a film you must see. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.